You're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is powered by Vet Staff, New Zealand's only 100% owned and operated recruitment agency dedicated to the veterinary sector. Welcome to episode 89. I'm your show host, Julie South. Today, we wrap up the chat I had with Dr. Jane O, Senior Companion Animal Veterinarian at South Wairarapa Veterinary Services. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, 87 and 88, I highly recommend you do so because you'll hear that Jane's career as a veterinarian hasn't taken the usual route. She's also a really interesting listen as well. Her journey had a few stops along the way, so I'll put the links to the first and the second episodes with Jane at pawsclawswetnoses.fm for you. We've got another Chocolate Tuesday winner. What's Chocolate Tuesday? I hear you asking. It's the weekly Lucky Dip competition for listeners of Paws, Claws and Wet Noses. If you haven't registered yet for that, then stay tuned. I also want to talk about ruminating but not as you know it. This is ruminating, according to Nick Petrie, one of the presenters at conference. And that will be after Brian, who's coming up next. An old vet told my father when he was a student in Glasgow, he said, uh, if you want to be a success in veterinary practice, just keep the bowels open and trust the rest to God. Nutrition's not an opinion, it's a science. They called me that weird herbal needle vet, and I, I just remember thinking, well, I'm still going to do it, because I know it works, and I've got the research to back it. From reminiscences of the real James Harriet son, to pet nutrition, to acupuncture, the Vet Podcast discusses current animal health issues from around the world. I'm veterinarian Brian Gregor from New Zealand. Just search for the Vet Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. This is an excerpt of what Nick Petrie, who's a mountain biking friend of companion animal veterinarian Dr. Brendan Hickman from Nelson, presented as one of the VBB, the Veterinary Business Branch segments of the NZVA conference this year. Like I said before, rumination, but not as you've heard it explained before, I'm sure. Why is it that two people can go through the same experience, illness, company merger, divorce, whatever, and have vastly different reactions? One person may become stressed and overwhelmed, while the other person is resilient. How does that happen? Nick Petrie first learned about this research 18 years ago when he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. He wasn't very old. At the time, he was playing rugby for a living, professional rugby, in Japan when, during the final game of the season, he suddenly ran out of energy and had to leave the field. He said he could feel that something was wrong. He flew back home to New Zealand where his mum met him at the airport. She told him he looked sick and took him straight to the hospital. The medicos did a series of tests and eventually operated and discovered he had three big cancerous tumours in his abdomen. Five hours of surgery later, they took them out. 
It took him three months to recover, and in that time, he couldn't eat and lost a lot of weight. When he could walk again, he returned to Japan and tried to put all the ingredients of his old life back together again. Twelve months later, the cancer returned. This time, it was in his liver. The doctors used a procedure that promised only to work in the short term and told him there was no other treatment available. What happened next was the same thing that happens to all cancer cancer patients. Every three or six months, you must go and get a new scan and then wait for the doctors to tell you either the good news or that the cancer has returned. And you come back again in three months and do the whole thing again. Nick's mind went crazy. All he could think was, what if he didn't live long enough to see 30? What if it, the cancer, comes back? He was, understandably, very stressed out. At his worst point, he read an article about a researcher, Dr. Derek Roger, from the University of York in the UK. For 30 years, Dr. Roger had been studying why people had such different reactions to the same event. As it turned out, Dr. Roger had moved to New Zealand and agreed to meet with Nick. For two hours, he taught Nick everything he had learned about how some people stay resilient. He also told him what to do for his own stress. Nick followed the doctor's orders and his stress level started to reduce. Over time, his stress went from 10 out of 10 on the resilience assessment that Dr. Roger uses to 0 out of 10, which is where it remains now today. The cancer has returned, it did a number of years ago, and is present but relatively stable in Nick's liver. What is very different this time is that he doesn't spend a minute of his day stressing about it. The event is the same, cancer, in him, but the stress is gone. Pressure isn't stress. It's critical to be able to separate pressure from stress. Researchers wanted to know what was causing these different responses, and they identified two important areas. The first was that there is a difference between pressure and stress. Most of us lump these together as if they're the same thing. If you combine pressure and stress together, then stress is obviously inevitable. But when you separate them, you have different options. Pressure is defined as external demand in your environment. Do you think that everyone in your clinic right now has pressure on them? You betcha. Do you think that everyone is stressed? Maybe, maybe not. The researchers found that to convert pressure into stress, people had to do something very specific and that people who weren't doing this action weren't getting stressed. That specific action was ruminating about events. Rumination in the human context is thinking over and over and over and over and over about events from the past or the future and attaching negative emotions to them. If you think about a time in your life right now when you felt very stressed, it was probably because you were ruminating to a large degree. Now, if you were to think about an area in your life where you've got high pressure but have no stress, you'll probably notice that you don't ruminate about that area of your life. 
As part of Nick's work, he meets CEOs and leaders who have extremely high levels of pressure, but very low levels of stress. You can probably think of some people in your life who are very low levels of pressure, yet very high levels of stress. How do they do it? Well, they very likely sit around and ruminate about things, or they lay in bed at night ruminating over and over and over about things over which they have absolutely no control. Okay, so let's say that you ruminate. Why does it matter? Well, it matters for three reasons. The first one is your health. When you anxiously ruminate about imagined future events, your body responds as if it is physically threatened and puts you into that famous state of fight or flight. You produce adrenaline, which, as you know, speeds up your heart rate. In small doses, this is fine, but when you keep on ruminating, it puts a strain on your heart, which leads to the buildup of plaque, and with that is an increased risk of heart disease. Chronic ruminators have increased incidence of heart attacks. The second hormone produced is cortisol. Again, as you know, this is also fine in small doses, but increased cortisol decreases the body's lymphocytes. So your ability to fight off infection is decreased. Because of this, chronic ruminators have suppressed immune function. The more you ruminate, the more risk you have of getting sick. In addition to the negative health effects, ruminators tend to be less productive because they're not mentally present enough to get anything done. They spend much of their time trapped in endless rumination loops inside their head. And while they're busy replaying these stories, they're not working to full capacity. So finally, how do you feel when you're ruminating on and on over and over? Most people say that they feel exhausted and miserable. I wonder why that is. So when you combine these three things, an increased risk of heart attack, decreased or suppressed immune function, and feeling constantly exhausted and miserable, there's really nothing useful about stress. You end up with a shorter, miserable and unproductive life. But apart from that, there's nothing wrong with it. If you visit Nick Petrie's website, which is Nicholas Petrie, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-P-E-T-R-I-E dot com. He's written a white paper on what to do if you're a ruminator or if you know people who are ruminators. You can share the link. I will put the link at pawsclawswetnoses.fm episode 89 for you. It's a worthwhile read and it doesn't take that long. This was a really good session at conference. If you missed it, I really do urge you to read this white paper, especially if you're feeling stressed and stuck in a loop. Fortunately, I don't get caught in the rumination loops very often these days. Doesn't mean to say I didn't these days right now. I can recognize the symptoms usually when I do. And one of the things I do when I find myself caught in this downward spiral, because that's what it feels like, is to get the thoughts out of my head and onto paper. 
It's because the downward spiral, I feel like I'm out of control and everything is going against me. The very act of doing this, of putting stuff, getting stuff out of my head and onto paper, for me, serves two purposes. The first is that it's an anchor, a mechanism for me to feel like I'm literally emptying my mind of all the rubbish talk that's going on there, all the what ifs and maybes that aren't serving any real purpose. The second is that once I've got everything done on paper, I then take all the what-if scenarios and exaggerate them out to the most craziest of possibilities, real extreme possibilities. I catastrophize them. I multiply everything out to some crazy infinite number or imagined situation of the most worstest, yes, that's a word that only applies to human rumination, the most worstest of situations. Take everything to the absolute extreme, total catastrophe. And once I've done that, I can then see how pointless and futile my thoughts are because just about everything I've written down has an almost zero chance of ever happening. And the few events that could transpire into real things, I'm then able to work out a plan of action should they ever eventuate. And most times they don't. So get it out of your head and put it on paper. That's another of my takeaways from this year's conference for this episode. Please go visit Nick Petrie's website. It's worthwhile. Coming right up is the last bit of the three-part chat I had with Dr. Jane O. Everyone and everything we do at VetStaff is underpinned by two core beliefs. The first is that all employers deserve to work in a vet clinic job they love, where they're respected and valued. The second is that all vet clinics deserve to have employees working for them who love Monday mornings. If that sounds like the type of recruitment agency you'd like to work with, then please check us out at VetStaff. These are interesting times we live in. And yeah, I think we need to all really engage in that. We're a generation that's going to go down in history for, as they say on TV, for not what we've said, but what we've done. Or what we've, yeah, and what we've not done. Jane, before I, while I remember, how do I pronounce your surname? Oh, Oh, it is O. Right. It's a wonderful example of English that can be pronounced at least 11 different ways. I hadn't counted. I thought it, yeah, I wasn't sure whether it was a, an F, right, O as in do, right, yeah. or whether it was like bow. Yeah, or cough, off. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Ug. <laughs> okay, O. Yeah. Anything else? TikTok. You know, we really need to get on with stuff. I thought we, you were going to tell me you've got a TikTok channel. No, <laughs> I've tried to, tried to get away from social media. It was doing my head in. Um, yeah, I think we all need to keep up with what's going on. We all should be reading the IPCC headlines. We can't wait for government to make the changes that are needed. We need to take individual responsibility. We really, really do. And it's not, you know, they're not awful things we have to do. That's the... That's the crux of it. It's really not. 
there's some fun stuff out there. You know, just getting to know your own little local place, getting a bit closer to to dear old nature, growing a few of your own veg is a lot of fun to be having it. It's not a, it's not a bad way to live. A bit slower, a bit consuming a little less. One of my things this year was to. And I guess if I had an electric vehicle, I'd be able to do this more often, one that needed to be plugged in. I am very conscious that I go from A to B with the purpose being to get to B. Yeah. Whereas there's a whole journey between A and B that I could be enjoying. Yes. Can I tell you a little story about that? Go for it. When I had my first leaf, it had a very short range. Like I think if you tickled along at about 70 kilometres, you might get 90 k's. But, you know, it was what I could afford. And my sister and I decided we were going to go to WOMAD. I'm very excited about this. And it was the last WOMAD before COVID, which was extraordinary because they the opening speech, they, they said, look, guys, it's amazing we're still doing this. So she she came down all the way from Kerry Kerry. She hitched a ride to Auckland and then got on the train. We were trying to go as carbon zero as we could. Train and to Wellington, then the train out to us, and I picked her up in the leaf. And then we started this journey. And I think we stopped five times on the way to from here to Carson to New Plymouth to recharge. And we stopped in all these lovely little towns. We had Coffee in the most amazing little cafes that normally would have just soon passed. We went to every Salvation Army, got the most amazing second-hand clothes. And it was really fun. And it was just, you know, as you say, rather than just zooming from A to B, we had a wonderful journey. It was really fun. It's about slowing down, I think. Yeah. And appreciating that it's okay to be slow. You know, slower meals, slower journeys, slower slower heart rate, slower breathing, slower just less stress. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I do hope you come down this way again. Oh, I'll, look, take, I you will for, be. I'll take you yes. for a drive in my leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I the last conference, last association conference, Vet Association was in Christchurch. Yeah, my husband and I were made an adventure out of it. Yeah. Did you yeah. go? No, you wouldn't have gone because no. it was large animal. We made an adventure, and we took the car down, got the ferry. He did a whole bunch of touristy things in Christchurch while I was at the convention. And I have a a friend, or we have a friend now, that I have only ever met online. We were both doing a course together in, oh gosh, 2012 or so. And we decided after doing this course that we would, we have regular Zoom meetings on Tuesdays. So we'd only ever had, our our relationship was only ever electronic. He lives in Lincoln. So we got together, Alan, my husband and, and John and I, and his, John's wife has a leaf. So he showed us the Port Hills in his leaf, and I was always looking over to make sure it had enough charge. You've got serious range anxiety, and you don't even know what you mean. I was was just, (laughs) is this, you know, it's going to patter out, and we're going to have to walk up this hill or push or more more research required. They're great cars. It was, yeah. 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 Yeah, you could get an aqua. My daughter's got an aqua. It's a it's a hybrid. 
I do have to Mm. confess that, you know, when I put my foot down, I actually like it to move. And I I will will give you a drag race. I will drag race you in and I will beat you hands down. EVs have the most incredible acceleration. Yeah. My God. We'll beat you hands down. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Even my old leaf, I could have. Burn off at the yeah, I, I like line. to know that I don't speed, but I like to know that if I need to get out of trouble, I can put my foot down and it will get me out of trouble fast. Uh, I'll smoke your Holden any day. It's a V6. <laughs> Goes pretty fast. No, they've got incre- the electric engine has incredible torque, so it yeah, yeah, the the Off it goes. the mini yeah. that I'm looking at has got it's um got a better torque zone than my V6. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. So look, I look, I I was a petrol head too. I've got in in our garage. I've got a very dusty <laughs> MRS. Those little sports cars. Oh, love that car. But there you go. Collector's piece. <laughs> Thank you, Jane, so much for your time. Oh, it's been really fun. Rose told me it would be fun talking to you. Oh, good. Absolutely right. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you found that interesting. I'll put the links on the episode page that Jane mentioned, and she's mentioned through the last couple of episodes, at pauseclawswetnoses.fm for you. And because you've listened to this point on the podcast, please enter the Lucky Dip draw we've started for our podcast listeners, Chocolate Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we're giving away a Whitaker's chocolate gift pack. To enter the draw, visit vetstaff.co.nz and click on the surveys and comps page. The entry form is right there. Good luck. This winner's this week's winner is Dr. Rose Unsworth. If you were at conference and visited the Sustain Event stand, you probably met Rose. Rose is a companion animal locum veterinarian who's this week at Clive Cottage Vets in the Hawke's Bay. Rose, you've chosen the Artisan Squares collection from Whitaker's. I hope it reaches you before you finish your assignment there. Next week, it could be you whose name is pulled from the hat. To enter, visit vetstaff.co.nz and click on the surveys and comps page. This is Julie South signing off and inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you you can be. Kia kaha, kakiti anō. Paws, claws, and wet noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz